I'm Michelle Thompson. Welcome to Heat Network, the podcast. I believe one of the most important things you can do for yourself is to be open-minded to learn. To learn about different professions out there in the world that links to your health both indirectly as well as directly. For instance, I operate a manual osteopathy cold laser clinic in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. For those of you who are not familiar with manual osteopathy, it takes a holistic whole body approach to healthcare. It uses manual hands-on techniques to improve the body on all aspects, including the skeleton, joints and muscles, nerves, circulation, connective tissue, as well as organs. Internal functions like metabolism, respiration, reproduction can also be improved without the use of drugs. Here at Heat Therapy, Holistically Elite Active Therapy, we utilize Bioflex Cold Laser to also accelerate healing on a cellular level. It's a light-based technology proven to be highly effective in the treatment of musculoskeletal problems and wound healing. We have had many success stories with this technology. People have avoided surgery, reduced or eliminated their medication, and reduced and eliminated all sorts of pain. So please join us on this journey as we interview all sorts of professions and how they link to your health, either directly or indirectly. David holds a Bachelor's of Arts from Laurentian University and a Master's of Arts degree from the University of Guelph in Public Policy and Administration with a specialization in Public Sector Administration and Program Evaluation. He has been providing professional services to governments, transfer payment agencies, and non-profit community services since 1995. David has a successful track record in facilitating productive interagency planning initiatives and providing quality management support and direction for organizations that are planning or are being impacted by systematic change. He has also um, considerable experience and expertise in designing and evaluating service delivery systems in Ontario and has provided project management support for numerous public service organizations. So Dave, you've been an executive coach for quite a few years now and I'm super excited that you're on the show. So thank you very much for uh, joining. So what got you interested in this career in the first place? Because it's not really a typical career actually. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I yeah. really appreciate the opportunity. Um, got into executive coaching because I've been working with managers and leaders for about 25 years. Okay. And okay. And then you just like fell into that? No, like, how I, does I, just I, I started out as an executive director in my second or third job that I had. Okay. And I did that for about three or four years. And then I moved into management consulting. So okay. In my management consulting role, I was always dealing with organizations and the, and leaders of organizations okay. and helping them plan for change. And so I've been dealing with, with different leaders from different organizations, from different walks of life for 25 years. And um, after doing that for uh, a lengthy period of time, um, you do a lot of this. It, it gets very similar, a lot of same challenges. I started to recognize a lot of patterns with, with leaders and with, and with individuals happens, eh? who who uh, their challenges 
where they're strong and maybe where they're not. Okay. And learning that I could help them and by that by helping them I can help organizations and I can help more people. So how you could just really see the spider web effect. For sure. From that. So like do you believe that if you like um, help the leader you help the whole organization or is it better to do the organization and then go about it that way? Always but if you can help all people within an organization become yeah. better leaders yeah. not just the leader okay. but the leader by example yeah. and by their way of treating the people yeah. that they work with yeah. and helping them grow and coaching them uh, yeah it spreads and it, and it and it permeates and you can see the different culture in an organization when you've when you've had success with culture that. is huge completely yeah completely and what I like to do definitely is a bottom line is you want to help either an organization or an individual uh, be better at what they do mm-hmm. and we can you know, all get better right yeah of course and yeah. do you find like it just takes like one person you know, to uh, make that change, to really spread and get that infectious culture going, or does it have to be... um... I think you're right about infection is probably a really, really good word, because I, most of my work when I was a consultant was you'd be going into organizations where it had broken down, and you were trying to repair, or to, and you could see how, say, one, two, or three people that had poor uh, practices or Mm -hmm. poor attitudes really affected the workplace. Yeah, like cancer almost. Yes, exactly. Right? Just like a cancer. Yeah. And I find if you could remove that, Absolutely. one or two people, yeah. all of a sudden the place would flourish again. Yeah. And you could tell almost right away when you mm-hmm. come into an organization, you could tell where the problem people were yeah. or the people that wouldn't change or the people that had really negative uh, So how do you even approach that? Because that's, that's probably a really touchy yeah. subject. So how do you go about... Because I'm sure it's a problem that you're going to get anywhere, no, yeah. matter, no matter what. Right. So how do you go about approaching a delicate subject like that? Way easier in an organization yeah. than if I'm talking with you right now. Fair enough. Okay, I want you to trust me. But mm-hmm. generally when I go into an organization, say you're doing a review, um, what you typically do is... Well, what I do is I'm very upfront about what the process is going to be. If they that's want if be. they want to be... If they want honesty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they really want to improve and if they chose to do it, not that they were forced mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you develop really good interview questions and you interview the senior leaders, you interview everyone in there, you interview the staff, you interview okay. everyone who's from support staff to... So you're getting all the stories. Right. Yeah, and then you get a really good uh, overview and you see what's real and what's not. Okay. And then you develop, um, you bring that feedback back to people um and you also share it with everyone so it's not it's not uh a surprise and people understand and you're not putting people you know uh on a on a throne or anything like that but you're trying to say okay these are the key problems in this organization whether it's trust whether it's communication whether it's uh how people are treated do they ever fight back and say always wow always always what do you think that is it's human nature okay and it's usually because you're you're changing the environment and people hang on to it even even if it's a bad environment it's almost like prison situations sometimes people don't realize they're in bad spots mm. and they hang on to what they know that's just a human because um, mm. change like you right think change it's a is hard change? right but there's some people okay. that are great with it and the people who are most flexible always are the ones that thrive I was just going to ask, like, do you find the people who are more willing and quick to make decisions like that, are yeah. they usually the ones that are better off, and especially their company? Or the people that have awareness, okay. that have self-awareness, and that are generally good with themselves and with other people. 
and can see beyond themselves. Um, That's what I've found. And I've found that people that are uh, closed or very uh, suspicious or very, and sometimes too, it's just what, what what I find in every job that I do when it's a change job, you know that there's gonna be a period of resistance, even if they want to change because we hang on. Mm-hmm. And when you can get people excited about change and they actually start doing the change, then they sell it. It's not. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, like you said about that uh, infectious, infectious thing. Yeah. And then people want to work there because they see that people that are in there are happy. Yeah, and they're yeah. in it and then they want to be there. Okay. Well, and I can tell you honestly, from walking into organizations and you get a sixth sense about this because it's your intuition as well. Yeah, absolutely. I can walk into organizations and I'll say this to, to people that sometimes the hairs on the back of my neck will stand up. I can tell if it's a, to- if it's a toxic environment. Huh. I can tell right away. I huh. ask a couple of questions and I can just tell by even just the atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, of in, course. That's in, huge. In, 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 or your initial discussions. You yeah. can, you, generally, you have a sense about that. But you have to trust it and you have to learn that too. Yeah. But I've found in most of my career, I, yeah, your, you did your, for your intuition years, is usually not far off. Hmm. When did you start getting comfortable with that? Because that's not necessarily a very objective measurement, right? No. And a lot of people will argue right. against that. So how did you overcome that? Um, I guess just through the years, but I've always trusted that. And I think probably maybe from sports and, okay. and from... Yeah, because you're a diversity athlete. Yeah, and knowing, knowing people and understanding their motivations. And I come from a large family as well. Okay. And you... Uh, you learn to know that a lot of times people are saying things or their 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 body language gives off a lot of things that maybe not what they're saying. Absolutely. And it's sometimes like if I sit in a room or I'm doing, say, mediation between two organizations, I just have to look around sometimes to see, because uh, people might say something, mm-hmm. but it's not really what they're meaning. Absolutely. Or, or the opposite. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. So you're almost like a human lie detector. Yeah, well, in some ways, in your own thing, but you have yeah. to learn to to make sure that you yeah. verify it. Yeah, <laughs> you verify of it. Course. I've been wrong sometimes, just like yeah. everyone else. Yeah. But you recognize that you're wrong way less yeah. of the time hmm. just by virtue of walking through those processes. Yeah, and with trusting people. your gut essentially mm-hmm. too. Because you have like over 24 years of experience and there's lots of change that's constantly going mm-hmm. on. So, how do you prepare your clients for this? You know what, I, I, when I look back on my career so far, I realize, and that's why I think I'm gravitating more to coaching, is that change is ever-present. And when I look back at all my work, it's all been around change, whether it be a new project, whether it's developing another so you've program. you've always been comfortable with change. Service. I've always like... been in the middle of it somehow. I don't, okay. And then I realize that um, I'm more of a facilitator that way, um, that I can help um, people see the change, understand the change, and realize that that's probably the best. And you have options. You always have options. Make change work for you, right? Oh, make like, change work for you. Like, like you that. can architect change. Yeah. And I think most people's experience with change, because some people work in large organizations, they feel really helpless or they feel like it's top down and it's okay. just done to them. You know, Fair. that's why most yeah. people have a real negative thing. Well, the change is coming. I didn't ask for it. Mm. But if you've been asked about it and you understand that it's coming, what's the best way that we can make this a positive experience, right? But, but it takes effort and you have to be mindful of all the people that are in an organization because a lot of time changes comes from the top and it's because it's bottom line or they want to implement something. But yeah. it's usually the leaders that want to do that 
So I'll often say to the leaders, have you thought about how you're going to engage your staff to mm-hmm. make this good? Or have you yeah. talked to them how they could help you do what this? What are their answers mostly? Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes they're, again, the quality of the leaders yeah. always uh, tells you about the organization. Okay. Because they either say, well, we're just going to do it anyway. Mm. And that's when you kind of chuckle because you know that's not going to be a great experience for them. Or they're going to lose a lot of people because if you don't bring people along with you, yeah. you know, the good people will go, right? So yeah. it's... Um, um, that, that for me has always been at the center of it is just, and also helping people to understand that change doesn't have to be this horrible thing Yeah. and that you're changing all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. If you look back at your life, yeah, right. You have to change you the same person five years ago, last minute. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, and that you can always change. And I think for me, that's why I love coaching is that when people, when the light goes on, that you can change your life tomorrow. Yeah. Right. You can start. Yeah. And it's very empowering, right? Yeah. And I love watching that for somebody mm-hmm. when they. Yeah, it's very rewarding. When the flame comes up, right? It's like yeah. that's that's really cool for me to watch yeah. somebody get where they it's want like to go. Like the proud dad. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. History. It's like, and I guess just or just helping unlock that for them. Yeah. They're doing it, but you're just helping them unearth it. Yeah. And and helping them like move towards where they want to go. So. Very cool. That's inspiring for me. That is very inspiring. So I also heard, and to speak about expire, <laughs> inspiring, because I heard you're writing a book too, right? Is that, is that right? So t- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so again, based on my, my my career and my experience, I thought it was time to finally put something down on paper, but it, again, more in terms of helping other leaders and managers. So what I'm doing right now, it's, it's going to be called uh, How to Be a Great CEO, and it's uh, 10 Leadership strategies for success so okay it's it's just a, 10 no I'm kidding. yeah <laughs> there's so many right <laughs> i should have made it five and just put them all underneath but but no i tried to make it simple but this is more of a guidebook for okay. people so that you can actually work on yourself um and it's going to be followed by an online course so it'll be like a companion okay. uh, piece because so. that's so brilliant because you can't split yourself into so many people right and i just thought i know myself when i was say a a, a younger uh, leader of an organization okay. or an executive director or CEO um, you want to fast track mm-hmm. you want to and learn from the experience of others and I wish I would have done more of that because you have to learn on your own and grow on your strengths but a lot of people have done this and they've they've experienced you can learn from them very quickly and you can learn uh, certain areas that help you excel at what you do so as a leader for your communication skills learning how to make decisions, um, being a coach, fostering teamwork, mm-hmm. how to deal with difficult people, right? Like, yeah, and if you can learn things. some of these techniques, it's, it's amazing how fast that you can get, get better at what you do, mm-hmm. how, you know, how to recognize performance, how to help people do better in the workplace, because it's not about you. Yeah, Your job absolutely. is to help everyone else, right? Exactly. And it's, but, but in that way, you develop and you develop your strengths. So, and a lot of people are stuck in their careers. Why do you think that is? I think a lot of people... Um, I guess, like you said, just get comfortable, I yeah, guess. Right? Yeah, get comfortable or feel like they can't make the change or feel like... Um, or they're just too scared to give up what they have, mm. right? If they don't... A fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And most times when I work with people, it's a, they're always so surprised to realize that it wasn't really that big of a change. It was you, your fear of yeah. not being who you were before or feeling like that's for somebody else. I can't do that, mm. you know? 
somebody else can do that, but I have, you know, a job, a family, um, I have to be careful. And, but when you talk to people who are older that I coach, yeah, they very much understand after their children are older that, wow, I didn't, I could have taken more risks. Hmm. And there wasn't really a risk there. It was all Mental. in your head. Eh? And so, and I think some of us innately are more risk takers or we're more willing to, or for me in my life, what it was for me was I could not do the same thing for a long time. Um, you needed a change. I, that's why consulting was great for me because I went from project to project, yeah. you know, three, four months, six months, and then I'm out of there yeah. and go on to something new. Uh, okay. It gets boring or stale when you, for me. Yeah. So I was constantly just stimulating, right? It's something uh, new uh, for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not for everyone, but I, but I know for a lot of people that it, that it also can get very stale and flat for people because they stay in the same they don't set goals for themselves and they're not looking I was always looking when I was having, after a year or two okay where am I going next yeah you know but that's how I'm wired and do you think being an athlete had anything to do with that I think so I think very much so yeah <laughs> I'm in in retrospect now when I look mm-hmm. back on it because people will say how come you know you're always like or you, you you have this drive or that you're and for me sports especially hockey for me was discipline and it was working with other people, um, and it's a drive. It's a, and that's why I can still like go to the gym. I still play hockey. That energy you have, yeah. um, it's it's like a motor, stays, right? Yeah, it and, with and it's you. so you've got that strength, I think, too. Or that business is also competition, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. as I've gotten older, I've learned to. I'm very competitive in my nature, but I've learned to. Not everything is a competition Mm -hmm. and you learn to understand that there's, you know, you can help people and it's not, it's not going to diminish anything from you. In fact, it actually brings more back to you. So that's Mm -hmm. the other thing with coaching that I've found. Um, I've always enjoyed helping people and helping people grow. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing when you help someone, it always comes back to you. Yeah. And how much you grow too in turn. Completely. Because you're like, you're like the leader of the leader who's leading. Yeah. Essentially. Right. So. you know, even in terms of your business, you get more referrals, you get more, um, always when you go out of your way to help others, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's just kind of a law of the universe. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's just, uh, so, so for me, hockey's always been a really good, uh, when you talked about, uh, the intuition before mm-hmm. and cutting out the crap. Yeah. When you played hockey or you played any competitive sport, you hold each other accountable and there's no BS about that. It's yeah. It's it is what it is. Where it's different in the workplace, you you can't say things that you would normally say. To in others, hockey, right? in I'm hockey. on the bench with the wolves. You know, I know. You know. It so it's very direct and very fast and very. Um, and I think I you develop a thick skin too. Whereas maybe that wouldn't have happened as much if I had just um, been in the workplace. I probably would have had much more difficulty with having conversations with people, that critical critical conversations. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or maybe for a lot of people too, they don't have a voice for themselves. Being able to, like, say they're in a bad office environment, yeah. being able to have a voice and being able to stand up for themselves or to be able to just um, have a bit boundaries for themselves in terms of respect. And, and a lot of people find themselves in tough situations in the workplace. So 
I also like to help those types of people as well too. So you're really like overall what you do it's very well around a lot of very diverse kind of things so do you prefer building on that do you prefer to work with individuals like say like leaders or whatever or do you uh, prefer to work with whole organizations or does it yeah, matter? Yeah I like both Okay. I like both there's, there's a stimulation that comes with when you're working with a leader that it actually resonates and you get to be part of seeing it with the team and seeing how that comes together uh, because they have to work together and it's it's really um, it's really satisfying when you can help uh, a broader group uh, coordinate their efforts and be better performers. But I, I but I also very much enjoy working one on one with people and really getting to know their story and helping them make the shifts that they need mm-hmm. to make Mentally. to to get yeah, to right. the next. Because that's usually what it is. It's, yeah. it's everyone has it inside of them. It's how do you unlock it and, and how do you help them make that shift so that they can see that they're totally capable of, of doing it. And, and, uh, and a lot of people as well, what I've found, um, don't aim high. Hmm. Do you think it's because of fear of failure? Or... Partly. Okay. Partly, yeah. And again, it comes back to that individual. How do you feel about yourself, your self-esteem? Uh, what do you think you're... A lot of people feel they're not worthy of it, or but, they feel but, that. So how do you fix something like that? Because sometimes that can stem to when they were wee of little. Of course. So, it, my approach with with a lot of like and and it, everyone it depends on your level of wellness and awareness, right? So if you're not well and you have a lot, say you had a lot of childhood trauma, for example. Okay. If you've never dealt with that, then you need to deal with that. So part of my job as a coach would be recognizing that and saying, you know, there's somebody really good if you're if you really want. That's the first thing you mm. need to deal with. If we're gonna continue, you know, forward. because we can't jump ahead, that's your biggest issue. So that's probably for this year or this period what you need to work on. Then when you go that, then you move to the next step. And then come right? talk to you. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice because it sounds like you're pretty upfront. Like if if you, there's a roadblock and you know how to fix it, you make the you know the decision in terms of delegation. I'll go see this person or yeah. this person, or this person. Then I'll be able to help you. Oh, for sure. And yeah. and you can't fix everyone. That's that's it, yeah. That's right oh, away. oh yeah. People fix yeah. themselves, but you also know you've got lots of people around you that you can mm-hmm. refer to and and mm-hmm. are really good at certain things. Therapists, different yeah. types of you know. Um, yeah, that that is totally. But I also find that when you're working with people, um, when you talk about the blocks. Yeah. Or the or the um, the things that I can help if you call it fix, mm-hmm. it's changing ways of thinking, and we don't realize that we think in patterns all the time. Mm-hmm. And you, I catch myself certain ways we speak. Yeah, are take our take our energy away, take our mm-hmm. our more into the negative side than the positive. And when you start becoming aware of that, and the role that your saving your subconscious mind plays in terms mm-hmm. of your visioning of yourself, where do you see yourself? Um, changes your energy and, and it brings it, you can watch people sort of transform that's that's the that's the that's the energy for me have you heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza? I have. Yeah, I have. so that just kind of just yeah. brought me to that, how he takes people through these different visualizations yeah. and all that, and he can just see through the, um, you know, all the electrodes he has hooked up to them, they're literally trans- translating. You're, continue- you're continually learning. That's yeah. the other thing for me that I love about this. You mentioned that. I think of, like, other motivational people that I have, like uh, Sharma. There's all kinds of different uh, people in this field that are um, brilliant yeah and you talk about 
you know, and, and you become more open to a lot more ideas around like, you mm. know, energy, people's yeah. energy, um, and, and you see it. So you become more open yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have a coach as well. And everyone should have a coach, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggled with that because I'm a competitive person and thought I can, I can do this. Mm-hmm. But when I did open myself up for that, boy, did that ever teach me a lot. Mm-hmm. And it made me a lot more aware of um, where your, your strengths and weaknesses, right? And, and what you can do. Just be more aware, more self-aware. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard sometimes too when you're so like wrapped up and like you're kind of saying in your subconscious, you have a certain kind of pattern and train of thought and, and whether you recognize it or not right away, you can get stuck oh, yeah. in that. So that's an interesting thing. You, it's something you don't really think about, right? Or maybe you don't yeah. want to admit because it could be proud, probably ego, sure. right? Sure. Yeah. Ego's huge. Yeah. I recognize that. I reckon I can see that right away when I'm talking with people. We all have it. Oh, of course. Um, but does it dominate your thinking? Does it, does it cloud your thinking? Does it, mm-hmm. so when you're, you know, it's, uh, there's lots of great things you can, you can do when you're sitting down with someone just to recognize where they're at and how you can help them um, realign themselves with their, with their strengths. And, um, and for me, I think the most important thing is, is, is having goals. And it's as simple. And you, keep, you keep mentioning. It's as simple as that back. for me, and it's very linear. And I and I don't know why, because life does have you know yeah. can be very. And I think we all suffer losses, and we suffer. Those mm-hmm. are the other things for me is that you're. It's not always your achievements; it's mm-hmm. the losses you incur. But it gives you an awareness and appreciation. And essentially, the goals keep you on track because life yeah. is like you're saying going to bring you this point yes. at that point, right? But then the goals kind of in the loosest sense possible keeps you kind of going into some direction we all we all do better with a purpose yeah when you have when you don't have a purpose here you try that for a while it affects your teal meals did you hear about that yeah it'll affect you yeah yeah people get almost agitated when they don't Mm -hmm. know where they're going right in a simple way like Mm -hmm. what are we doing this weekend what are we you know (laughs) (laughs) but but i always found that um and it's and it's you can over plan some people, you know, have five-year goals, ten-year goals, and that's okay, yeah. as long as you can break that down into bite-sized yeah, pieces. Yeah, this week, this month, this year, and do it so that it it uh, not so overwhelming. Right, and do it as well so that you 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 achieve success, right? So that you can keep going. A lot of people will set up all these sort of elaborate plans, and then they start to fail because they don't have the time, or they just mm. they lose their their momentum. And then they feel worse than when they started. And that's not the goal of it. The goal of it would be, what are two or three things you could work on this year? Today. To help oh, okay. you, you know, okay. even as simple as that. Because yeah. a lot of people say, I don't know what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. And that's a big question, right? That is. But I love working with people like that because you start asking questions. And they're quite passionate about some things. They've just lost touch with, with who they are. And then once they touch that again, it's quite easy to get them excited about Mm. And it's in them. Yeah. It's in them. They've just they've just sort of lost lost the, that sense a little bit. Yeah. I'm getting caught up with. And once they start moving, the excitement is empowering for them because then they want to do something else because then they've achieved mm-hmm. that. We can we can keep going. So going back to this uh the book and your plans yeah. to do an online course and uh seminars, uh workshops like are you planning to launch this anytime soon or Yeah, I'm I'm in my last chapter. Wow. Yeah. Okay, congratulations. So hope to have that done before Christmas. 
and uh, my online course is about half finished so I hope to have all of this done and ready to go in the new year that's exciting and um, yeah so I plan to launch obviously it's going to be um, locally here to start okay then in Ontario and Canada and then obviously broader okay so you are planning on going well yeah and I definitely possible. want this to go, I mean, it really does. It 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 fits with people in other countries. It's not, yeah, uh, exactly. You know, um, definitely has um, creating good leaders is something yeah. around the world that would, would everybody benefit, can benefit, right? benefit and of course. I'll just have to learn some new languages or how to <laughs> translate it. <laughs> yeah, and well, there's the whole things. You have the headphones in there, and then it translates. It's fine. Yeah. So what I will do, but I plan to do it on a obviously. On an online basis, but I also want to do workshops and seminars, and I really like the idea of using it as a tool to speak with. So yeah. the book and the course will probably be like a companion. So is this going to be your first book? Yes. Very cool. Yeah. Congratulations Thank again. You. That's very Thank exciting. You. So yeah. what drew you to like some? Did you just wake up one morning and like I'm going to write a book, or like how, were you pondering it for a few years? Yeah, it's or? funny. Well, my wife will tell you she's probably glad this damn thing got done because I've, I've been procrastinating on it for almost a decade so wow. it's um, something for me that was a goal for me but I, I my strength is in writing and communicating so okay. I always wanted my other career probably would have been a writer if I if I was okay. to do something else man um, of many talents well that's just how I grew up as my my uh, my background so I would have written but and then I thought okay what do I what, what would I write about so I could write a fiction book, but then I'm so involved with this work all the time. Yeah. I was thinking, how could I use that? How could I use that expertise trying to figure out my next step? And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I've learned a lot just from observing, just from being in this spot that I think I can translate or uh, help other leaders to see that they're, they will recognize themselves in a lot of uh, the chapters that I... That I um, because it's universal. Yeah. It's universal. And do, do people have to use all 10 steps or just what applies to them? No, and what's great about this is, and that's that's how I've written it, is that, and it's not a long book, but what it is, is it's like a guidebook so that at the end of each chapter, yeah. I have some recommendations for action. So okay. that it's for you to look at your particular, Situation, where you're at, yeah. and respond to those questions, uh, do some reflection, and identify what you need to do to get better at it. How important is reflection? Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> not I to, would agree with you. Not to spend your whole day on it, yeah. but to reflect regularly. Um, mm-hmm. um, evaluate your progress, right? Okay. Evaluate your progress, and that's what we don't do a great job of. Mm-hmm. But think. yet we strive for perfection. Right. Funny, right? Some sort of vision in your mind of what yeah. that is. But... And don't be too hard on yourself, but mm-hmm. also hold yourself to account. Okay, I said this year I was going to be here. I identified five things I wanted to do. Did I do them? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Do yeah. I need to change my... That, that was silly. I shouldn't have even... You know, yeah. I was too ambitious or I was... Um, but then other people set them so low that they achieved them the first week, right? Mm. So <laughs> you realize yeah. you've got a lot of capacity to, yeah. to, grow. to grow and to change. And, and I think to... You have to challenge yourself. Yeah, and I think the most thing for me, like doing a podcast like this, okay? Yeah. Uh, doing new things. I know for me, even for coaching and speaking, is you know you're in the right spot when you're uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it's actually very true. I agree. And it, I agree but you, you learn that that's part of 
what you need to do. If you're not uncomfortable, then it, it is too, too easy because a major change yeah. should make you feel uncomfortable. Like and then what's funny too is there's like a catch-22 because then there's like the reverse of it because then if you don't feel uncomfortable, <laughs> you get uncomfortable actually. It's, it's weird as it's hard yeah. to believe as it yeah. is, but it's actually true. I believe it. I believe so. it. And I, so I, I'm, I'm just recognizing that if I need to grow as well, I need to put myself in those uncomfortable spots because I can't ask you to do it mm-hmm. if I'm not doing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Get hypocrite. Or I've never I've done it and say, you need to do this mm-hmm. if you want to change. Yeah. So and it, it, I think it helps too because then I can say to someone, someone will say, well, that's easy for you to say you've never had to do it. And then you tell them about some of the things that you've had to do. And they're, they're really surprised that, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you are in that spot as well because it is. It's universal. Like anybody yeah. who makes a, big, a bigger change in their life, and it doesn't always have to be a big change. But it's amazing when you start... Yeah, big versus impactful. Right. And the other thing is, when you, like I said earlier, when you architect the change, that's huge. It's so different. what do you mean by that? When you, when you talk about reflection, you say, yeah, okay. I want to change. Yeah. And you know, it's a, I even take somebody, say, who has a, I'm going to put it on another realm, but say somebody who has a, an alcohol or a drug problem. Okay. They will not get better till they decide that they want to get better and do it. Everyone else wants to try to help them. Mm -hmm. That's why they, I'm not saying they fail, but they will go through this cycle many times. But you ask the people who have recovered. Yeah. They got up one day and they said, this is it. They might still fall off, but they're said, no more. I am going to, I'm going to do this. And I think when you decide, it's powerful, right? It's a powerful thing when you decide and only you can decide mm. and we we think that I think another problem for people is that they're always thinking people are watching you or watching your progress or and the one thing I learned in my life is people are so busy in their own heads doing they don't really they, they, yeah, you think true. that you're you yeah. think that everyone knows and cares but they really they don't. really don't yeah because everyone's you know Internalizing, right? Yeah. Right. So, it's so yeah, funny, right? Yeah, because I remember. I don't know where I heard it from. I think you spoke to this before. Because when you're 20, you think everybody's yeah. caring about what you're doing and all that kind of stuff. And then you're 40, and you're like I don't care what anyone thinks. And you're 60, and you're like, wow, no one cares. No one, yeah, right. And it's true. That that aha moment, yeah. and then you're like, wow, I just essentially not wasted all that yeah. time, but then you just kind of get that maturity where you're like, wow, I could have done this if, I, if it yeah. wasn't for this. So speaking to that, like, do you find with all this becoming more and more, because like you said, there's a lot more speakers out there and books and all this education. So, you know, millennials and stuff like that, I think we get the bad hit yeah. sometime, but uh, the some of the us that are, are trying and are doing things, do you think to a certain extent we're going to proceed a little bit quicker than maybe some in the past who have at 60 realized no one really cared? Yeah, I, I think for me it's really interesting watching the millennials because I think you're a composite of, of both sides of that. But I, I definitely see different values than, say, the boomer generation or the ones in between that. And I think, I think there's endless opportunity for the millennials because um, they have... I think it is. It's more values around uh, themselves. And uh, I think they're a lot more open to, you know, even things like climate mm-hmm. change. Yeah. Um, looking at sort of um, 
being good together more so than I'm not saying less competitive mm -hmm. but more connected to each other in some ways but in other ways I see challenges for the Millennials yeah. because you didn't have the same uh, because of technology Technology has yeah. been fantastic, but it's also been, yeah. from what I see, also very, is very isolating in terms of great yeah. for getting messages out and sharing. Mm -hmm. But how many individual conversations do uh, millennials have with each other mm -hmm. and are they good at um, mm -hmm. navigating in their and careers, it, okay? I'm just... Yeah, and, and it's true. And also, too, inadvertently, who's to say in the future that doesn't even become like, that could completely fall off... And it just becomes about online communication right. in general. Oh, right? It could take oh, a whole it, 180, and I kind of foresee that, to oh, be honest. Yeah, and, and like, so I don't hold on too much to that. I find it, if you're trying to keep it going the way it is, you will see that there's uh, yeah, real, living di in the past, real difficulties there's between, between the ages, yeah. like age groups. You'll see a lot of that online where people <laughs> need to, you know, suck it up or, you know. Yeah. I think there's commonalities that you, every generation will have their challenges. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as human beings, we're all innately sort of wired the same. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of that is caused by uh, comparisons and looking well, or there's the expectations that, well, my parents had a house, for example, I should yes. have a house. Yeah. And then, you know, and so it's just breaking down those, those, beliefs, those yeah, belief systems, yeah. right? And, but I, but I think there's opportunity. I think the millennials, honestly, I think mm -hmm. have just because of the numbers and the difference in the numbers and the way the economy is going, I think millennials are really well set up to have, uh, there's challenges right now, mm -hmm. but I think as the boomers leave the workforce, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be, I don't mean it's your oyster, but it's, yeah. you will have way more choices work-wise, I think, than, than um, maybe other generations hmm. did. Hmm. So that's a good thing. <laughs> so um, that's my opinion. Thank you. No, well, I I kind of agree, obviously, mm -hmm. from a very biased perspective. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So um, there's uh, lots of organizations that you help to capitalize on opportunities so that they can implement solutions. Do you have any success stories? Yeah, well, part of the work that I do, I, um, I told you earlier, I like to build things. I like working with organizations that are trying to. Um, build and grow. So in Northeastern Ontario, for example, I was involved with setting up nine family health teams. Okay. So in various communities around the North. So that was bringing, you know, an interdisciplinary team of like, uh, doctors, nurses, um, social workers, dietitians together around a patient. Okay. And it's like a group practice model. So helped sort of plan that, did the business model for those and helped worked with the community so that um, they could they could design and build a health center to fit their needs. So it was uh, that was rewarding for me. Um, also been involved in helping organizations that are coming together or they have to integrate. Okay. So now you talk about change and you mm -hmm. talk about struggle. Those, Two different those, cultures. Um, so and, and was successful in doing that, but that's a change management project. So there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of fear. Yeah. Then they come together. Then they agree to work together, and, and then they become right, and then they become one, and then they're the biggest champions once they go through it. But it's an interesting that yeah. that's been rewarding for me, and and I think some of the work uh, that I've done too as well with with First Nations, where you can where you can um, um, go in to a community, work with them, and help them find solutions to to uh, the the things that they need to get done has been uh, rewarding for me. 
So you have done quite a bit of different things. Lots of different projects, and I've done a lot of work with helping seniors. So Mm -hmm. it's another area, and, and, and in hospice care. So I was involved locally here in getting our hospice built, and and my mother passed away there as well. And uh, Sorry to hear that. no, no, it's just uh, it's it was a great place, and and it, it, mm. I recommend it to others. And that's where I learned a lot as well. I wouldn't have learned all mm. about that. So you have, you go into these different fields, and you you learn and you grow and you meet a lot of great people. Yeah, that's why I want to do the podcast too and interview as many people because you always have these misconceptions, right? I think that's another human kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? You just have an idea of something and that's the way it is right. and then you actually listen to a podcast like this and, and hear it from the actual inside and you realize, oh. And there's yeah. so much to somebody. Every time you ask a question, right, it opens up. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Uh, you must be doing this it's an education for you. For, oh, for sure. It's like a yeah, free I learned. Yeah, right? I yeah. learned so much from from doing this as well. And I and I'm a huge like yourself, a huge believer in continuing to learn and and teach yourself because you're never gonna yeah. know everything. Right. And, and the day you think you do is is yeah. the day that probably isn't gonna be very great for you. For the, I uh, you know. worked. I used to do work with a an older fellow that I was one of my mentors and. Um, he was well into his 60s and we'd be doing work together and somebody would ask him, what's your next step? And he'd say, well, I don't know what I'm gonna be when I grow up. So he would just even, you know, so he was continually, and I and I, I used to laugh when he'd say that, but he was right. And so his spirit was always learning and he knew he wanted to keep moving. It wasn't about now I've achieved this spot or yeah. this rank and I'm gonna just. It was more about the, the marathon as opposed to the race for that yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't about ever stopping. It's just where mm-hmm. are we going next? Mm-hmm. You know, that's very good. Yeah. So, like, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they? How do they get a hold yeah, of you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got a website, and it's uh, Pocket Management Services, but it's pocketmanagement.com. Okay, maybe uh, spell that for some yeah, people who P- are français. Yeah, P A Q U E T T E, management, and uh, dot com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Okay. And as well as on Facebook. So um, certainly can be reached at any of those uh, places. And I'd really love to uh, connect with people and, uh, and uh, help them on their journey. Well, David, thank you so much for uh, educating us about executive coaching and sharing some of your stories. Because I think some people got some really good insight from this. And... I'm sure you inspired many people to maybe even go into your career and reach out to you because like you're saying, you know, it, sometimes it just takes that one person or that one word, sentence, whatever to kind of unlock that fire in you so that you can, uh, you know, move on and, and keep progressing on in your career. Great. And uh, thanks again for having you're me. Welcome. I was glad to be here and a uh, great podcast. And that's a wrap for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if you found it educational and you know someone who would benefit. This is Nichelle Thompson on Heat Network, the podcast.